Are you satisfied with your social media content strategy? Do you understand what you should be publishing when and why certain content and not other content is tending to perform better? If you've ever had questions about your social media content strategy, its performance in social media, and what you can learn from to implement for your future content, you'll want to listen in to this week's episode of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Welcome to the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast with Neil Schaefer, where I help marketers, entrepreneurs, and business owners grow their businesses using innovative marketing techniques, leveraging the concept of digital influence throughout digital and social media. Hey everybody, Neil Schaefer here. Welcome to episode number 212. 212 of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about social media content. We are seeing a new generation of technology. Today, I'm actually talking with James Creech, who is the co-founder and CEO of Measure Studio. Interestingly enough, James is someone that I got to know because I was on his podcast because he has another company called Paladin Software that does influencer marketing campaigns for YouTube, Twitch, and what have you. So it was really influencer marketing where we started. And then he let me know that he co-founded a new company, one of these serial entrepreneurs. So this is someone with a background in influencer marketing measurement that is now applying that to how can any business measure their performance of their content in social media and what they can learn from it. So I think that This episode is really going to help educate you on how the algorithms work, how you should be redefining your social media measurement, and most importantly, what can you do to improve upon your content's performance in social media so that at the end of the day, you can maximize your social influence, whether it's from your brand's perspective or from a personal perspective. Interestingly enough, James's company, Measure Studio, also worked with the Biden-Harris campaign on their social strategy during the 2020 election cycle. So we're going to get into that at the very end. You'll want to uh, stay tuned for you know, what they saw during that campaign and the impact that social media content can have. But anyway, without further ado, let's get into the interview with James Creech of Measure Studio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Today, I have someone, for those of you that know, there is a really, really long waiting list to get on this podcast because I only do interviews every other episode, meaning I only interview 26 people per year. So my guest today, James, was really nice to have me on his podcast many moons ago when I was launching the Age of Influence. He was one of the people I reached out to. And he was in the business of influencer marketing, had his own platform, Paladin. And it's like, hey, Neo, I'd love to be on your show. Awesome. We'll talk influencer marketing. So finally, his turn in the queue came up. I reached out to him. And he's doing something completely different. Well, okay, not completely different, which is cool, but he has a new, well, I guess maybe I'll let him tell you what it is, but he's going to be launching a new venture soon. James, welcome. James Creech. First, why don't we start with the old business that obviously you're still the CEO and founder of, which is Paladin. Tell me a little bit about what Paladin is and how you got involved with influencer marketing to begin with. 
Yeah, of course. And Neil, thanks again for having me on. Great to see you again. We got to always leave them wanting more. So it's uh, not, a, not a worry that we had to wait this long. It's great to see you again and have a chance to chat more in depth. But yeah, to give you some background, my business partners and I launched Paladin over five years ago. We had all come from working at early influencer marketing agencies and encountered a number of problems firsthand, right? From how do you find the right influencers to work with, to managing those relationships, running campaigns. You know, it was all spreadsheets and, and screenshots back in the day. And so we started experimenting, building some tools initially just for ourselves to make life easier. And then woke up and realized, hey, clearly we're not the only ones banging our heads against this wall. Let's solve this problem for this rapidly growing industry. So Launch Paladin, we, we focus on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. So helping influencer agencies, media companies, creator networks, and talent managers run better, more informed influencer campaigns. And then about two years ago, my business partner and I started seeing this opportunity to help people who were creating content for, for social media really understand what posts were doing well and what could be improved, uh, right? A lot of that was kind of guesswork, right? Like finding a really successful content strategy is very difficult. And we wanted to take some of that guesswork out of the equation. So we're now launching Measure Studio, which is our new venture, all fo fully focused on social media analytics. Awesome. So James, let's let's take a step back with Paladin. Yep. So you, I take it, were an influencer marketing agency that built your own tool. And then at some point, it's like, let's open this tool out to the world. Is that sort of the progression? Somewhat, yeah. So I was working at an agency and then we had the idea and we said, okay, well, we're going to leave the, the agency business and just build a, a software solution. So we don't you know, provide services. We don't run campaigns, primarily because we didn't want there to be a conflict of interest. But we draw on that experience, that expertise to inform the software that we build. And we cater specifically to the agency market. So there's a lot of other platforms out there that help brands or help their media agency partners with campaigns. Our unique differentiator at Paladin is we understand the agency use case, right? The tools that are needed are different, right? Everything is white labeled. It's a private environment. So you can present the information to a brand in a uh, white labeled dashboard, but we are, we're just the, the software provider. So would you say your dashboard is a way to help brands, uh, excuse me, agencies measure uh, and report back to brands rather than being like an influencer marketplace or an influencer uh, database? Is that the right way to look 100%, at it? percent, right? We're not a marketplace, so we don't do the matchmaking. We're not taking a percentage of spend. You know, we're not the agency model, so we're not providing services or taking budgets that way. We are simply providing basically an enterprise software product. Agencies license our tools in order to save time and help them scale their business, run more effective campaigns. And a big part of that is discovery, certainly finding the right influencers. And the other big piece of it is just streamlining the campaign reporting aspect, because typically, you know, that tends to be building these nice presentations, these decks, which are very involved. We can automate all of that. We pipe in all the data via API and then serve it up in a really nice format for them and for their brand client to review. So James, really interesting. I know we're going to move on to the social media measurement piece, but when I wrote The Age of Influence and, and I've, I've started to see it evolve more and more where brands are saying, you know what, we have enough customers, we have enough fans, we're going to build our own influencer network, but how do we manage and measure and build those reports? So I think that there's, I'm assuming you've also seen a new need in the market not just serving agencies, but serving brands directly, correct? As they bypass agencies for their influence marketing. A hundred percent, right? Brands are beginning to realize that their customers can be their best ambassadors. And sometimes some of those customers are already influential, right? So they want to build these 
programs, these tight-knit communities where they'll give early access to these influential voices, new product announcements, you know, early releases of, of product before it, it goes live as a way to make these ambassadors feel very close to the brand and also to amplify their message through their distribution channel to their audience of, of really trusted fans. So that has become a really successful strategy. I think the pendulum is swinging away from the one-off activation and trying to use, you know, the old marketplace model was, hey, let's disintermediate some of these people to do the matchmaking. And we'll really just focus on delivering views, engagement, think of it as a programmatic ad buy. And I think what yeah. people have started to realize is that influencers are people, right? As much as they have distribution, they're also the creative, they're the storytellers. They have this really meaningful connection with their fans. And the only way to, to truly do that effectively is to organically, you know, tap into that, that authenticity in that audience. And so it's leading to longer term engagements and it's leading to brands realizing influencer isn't just part of the strategy. It underpins, you know, the whole rest of your, your marketing programs. Amen, brother. I mean, you've seen me, people don't see the video, but I've been nodding my head like probably <laughs> hundred times you're saying that. Yeah. And it's funny because often these people are better storytellers about your brand than you are. It's like anyone that's ever traveled out of the country, you learn more about yourself when you live in a foreign country and, or what it means to be an American, if you're an American and go overseas. So very, very similar. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's awesome. And I think there's a huge need just one last question before we go to the social media measurement piece, how I assume since you were geared towards agencies, it's more of like an enterprise business model. If there are small businesses that want to do this in a smaller scale, what is sort of the minimum price point for your tool? Yeah, you know, we try and make the pricing be accessible for people, right? We want it to have a clear ROI. So, you know, at the end of the day, our software needs to save you time, help you win more business. Like th there needs to be a very clear value in exchange for the, the license fee you pay. And so what we've done is we've essentially geared it towards which of the products are you using, right? You can have an a la carte offering where I just need the discovery piece. I'm going to start small, build that flywheel. And then over time, you know, build, get the CRM aspect and then maybe add on the campaign management reporting aspect. So the pricing really varies, but you know, we, we love working with entrepreneurs. We love working with small businesses. And sometimes we can get creative with those models to say, Hey, you know, you might just need one element to start. And so we can work with your smaller budget all the way up to bigger enterprises that are saying, Hey, give me the full suite. Cause you know, we're running uh, big influencer activations on a regular basis. And we need, you know, a robust system that can handle that. Okay. So yeah. And I don't want to put you on the spot either. Like, <laughs> like, Hey, I didn't promise that price. So anyway, yeah. those of you interested in Paladin, we'll put links in the show notes and reach out to James Creech and uh, say you heard it on the podcast and he'll work a deal with you. But I think that there's, there's incredible demand for just for that reporting piece, as well as the, the influencer management, the CRM piece, like really built for influencer marketing, which a regular CRM is not. You had reached out to me because I have this blog post that influencer marketing tools, I have like 64 mm -hmm. different ones, right? And I couldn't figure out where to put you, but now I know where to put you. Uh, so I'm going to make sure I update that with Paladin. There are so many out there, right? And I track, yeah. you know, hundreds. It feels like every day I find out about a new one and there's so many models, right? Like you said, there's the marketplaces, there's the pure play software providers like us, some of which on the, on the demand side, we've catered more to the supply side. There are the tech enabled agencies, right? The, the space is constantly growing and evolving. And that's what's so exciting about it. But yeah, I think that reporting is for brands that want to do it themselves. They don't even need the discovery. They need the reporting and maybe the CRM management. There is a, a real need in the market. I've had people come up, up to me and ask me what I recommend. And I didn't really have an answer up until now. So yeah. now I have an answer. So that's good awesome. to know. All right. Yeah, there we go. So what made you move on from Paladin? You're still doing Paladin, obviously, but your new mm -hmm. company, which your co-founder and CEO, Measure Studio, all about social media measurement. Did somehow your work with Paladin influencers 
Why did some influencer content perform better than others? How can brands leverage that for their own content? Which user-generated content should they utilize? I'm assuming there was some sort of connection there between Very much so. Oh, yeah. Right. So part of it was just, you know, I've been working in this field for over a decade and we'd been building tools with Paladin for influencer marketing software for five years. But we kept hearing there are these other problems out in the market that aren't being addressed. And, And I think one of the things that really caught my attention early on was this growth of digital publishers. In the U.S., we think of companies like Group Nine Media, you know, the Young Turks, Donut Media, some of these uh, brands that are are saying, "Hey, we're going to have our brand be the influencer. We're going to build an identity around this social content and attract a loyal, engaged audience online." So I was really fascinated by this movement, and it's it's you know, repeated in other parts of the world, right? You have like Het Mill in Singapore, you've got Lad Bible in the UK, right? Countless examples of this digital publisher phenomenon. And then uh, simultaneously, I was hearing from our platform partners. We would go to these enterprise summits from YouTube, or we talked to our Facebook rep and they would say, have you looked at individual creator tools or what's going on in the digital publisher market? There just aren't really effective solutions for that. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. I want to you know, pull at that thread a little bit more. And particularly within Paladin, we're constantly looking at, you know, what are the ways that we expand our market? Certainly we started with influencer agencies, creator networks, talent managers, but like you said, Neil, we're spending a lot of time now with brands that are trying to build their own influencer programs and want to manage that in-house and say, hey, you know, I need to figure out an ambassador strategy for long-term engagement, right? We, we saw the rise of esports teams and we said, you know, hey, these guys are representing talent and need help understanding how to do that effectively. So there were all these new kind of growth segments that we wanted to develop. And so one of those was this di- digital publisher segment. And so we just spent about 12 months talking to as many people as we can and trying to listen, right? Saying, what are you using today? What are the challenges that you face? And the two answers that we kept getting back were either on the one hand, I'm doing everything manually. So I rely on native platform analytics, which range from extremely robust and effective like YouTube analytics to you know pretty limited when we think about something like Instagram analytics. Mm. Or I built a custom solution with my own data warehouse and I'm doing the plumbing and piping everything together. I might use the visualization suite like Domo or Tableau, which are amazing tools. They're infinitely configurable and incredibly powerful. The problem is they just tend to be very expensive and hard to implement. So we said, there's clearly a market here. On the low end, people are tired of doing the manual work. On the high end, people are frustrated with the cost and the ongoing maintenance and expense. And then there's this whole segment in between. We want to solve that problem. So that's what caused us to start pulling at that thread. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. So you you talk about those digital publishers. It's really interesting because any brand could have become an influencer and they they just let influencers take over the market. So uh, on the other hand, I have another uh, podcast that I do with my co-host, Amanda Russell, called The School of Influence. We had the opportunity to interview the CMO of Lamborghini recently. Hmm. And that is truly a brand where the brand is the influencer. The car is mm-hmm. the influencer. They don't hire influencers. Everyone wants yeah. to be around the car. But very few of us are in that situation. Uh-huh. I'm curious, and I think we'll, we'll start to go into this, some of the things that you wanted to talk about today. I guess, first of all, when you're talking about these digital publishers, they're aiming for brand influence. And that brand influence will be in, obviously, in social media. So we're not mm-hmm. talking about, like, for the website. We're talking about social content. So how do you, as the creator of this tool and all the brands you work with, this notion of an effective social content strategy? It's what brands, mm-hmm. social media is not new by any, any means. But as you know, brands still struggle with this, right? What is your advice for finding that, you know, the blend of art and science. And I'm sure I'm assuming your tool helps solve some of these problems, but yep. what is your advice for, for people listening on, on how to create that? 
Oh, there's so much to dig into. We could probably spend the whole podcast talking about just this element. But to summarize, where do you start? The first thing is to understand where does your audience already spend time, right? Who is your ideal customer? Where do you want to reach them? Because there are so many social platforms and we're kind of in the midst of this great platform unbundling anyway. So we're not just focused on three core platforms anymore. We live much more in a world that's dominated by YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. You have to think about Snapchat and TikTok and right, all these emerging short from video to live streaming to audio formats like Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Right? So, you know, you have to really be conscientious about who is my audience and where are they spending time? And that doesn't mean you need to be on every social platform. You need to kind of pick and choose which are the most important. Then from there, you need to understand the native content experience, the audience, you know, experience that is unique to each platform. The, the type of content you use on Reddit isn't going to work on Clubhouse, isn't going to work on Twitter. So you have to be very purposeful about your approach. And then you need to think about, okay, how much of this are we creating ourselves? How much of it is coming from our customers, UGC, right? How much of it should we leverage influencers? I think one of the best ways to start is using effective collaboration. That's why influencer marketing is so successful. The truly successful influencer campaigns are when a brand and an influencer come together to do something so unique that neither one could have achieved it on their own. The brand is bringing much more than just money to the equation. They're part of the communication, the strategy, the messaging. The influencer has a great idea, but it's only possible and empowered because of the resources that the brand can bring to bear and the creative kind of synergy that comes for the, from the two. So take that idea of collaboration, which is so native to these social platforms. We've seen influencer collabs for years. We're both podcast hosts and I think we touch on similar audiences. So there's, you know, just a natural uh, opportunity to kind of share insights and learnings from our collective experience to, to, you know, different audiences. So think about ways that you can leverage that experience and build on successful collaborations to magnify the impact. So outside of that though, mm -hmm. obviously you built Measure Studio because you feel that if you want to publish content, then you're gonna get some data from your analytics, but that data is not enough. So yep. what is the secret sauce that Measure Studio has that allows you to better measure that, I guess really is, is one of the, the $64 million questions that comes from this conversation. For sure. And then you get into the, the fun weeds, right? We get to geek out about all the stuff that we as data nerds really love. So, you know, one of the first things that we heard from our early beta, especially with um, some of our, our, our Hallmark customers like Group 9 Media, they were spending a lot of time capturing hourly performance data for new content within the first 24, 48, 72 hours. And why is that important? Well, the early growth trajectory of a piece of content signals, number one, how your audience is receiving it. And so that immediate quick feedback can allow you to optimize it, say, hey, this content is, is really doing well. How do we ensure that it continues you know, at this pace? It might signal, hey, something about this just isn't working. Can we tweak something about it? Like adjust the metadata, maybe take a video down and republish it with a new thumbnail or you know, put some paid media behind it to really amplify it out of the gate. It's also critical because that first 72 hour window is really when um, the algorithms start to rank your content. So if you wanna boost your performance in search, if you want to promote more organic discovery and get put on the discover pages or the watch pages from these various social platforms, you need to do well early on. And so that was something we incorporated into the product. So James, let me ask you, every social network algorithm has a different time span in terms of that first is it like the first five minutes, the first 60 minutes? You know, uh -huh. I'm curious because the, the audience listening are very proficient social media marketers. Mm -hmm. What, you know, do you have like an estimated number of hours per platform that you internally benchmark? 
So we benchmark the first 72 hours, we get hourly data for each platform, right? So that's pretty unique because YouTube had for a while, they were experimenting with 48 hour on a rolling basis. And now they've just released last month, 24 hour as a, as a new kind of time series in YouTube analytics, which is great, right? And I think more platforms will start to embrace this um, and give you that more granular data. But every, every platform is different to, to your point. I, I, anecdotally, I can tell you that on Instagram, the first 24 hours really seems to be that period. As yeah. part of that is because they emphasize stories, contents of the ephemeral f- posts much more than they do in feed content. Obviously they're boosting reels really heavily right now as they lean into short form video and try and compete with TikTok, YouTube shorts, you know, Snapchat spotlight, et, et cetera. But 24 hours is, is critical on, on Instagram. The same is really true for, for probably a TikTok and a Snapchat. You know, YouTube tends to emphasize a little bit of a, a longer horizon. And so does Facebook. Facebook and, and YouTube will probably look at more of a 48 hour to 72 hour time horizon. There's also evidence to suggest that on YouTube specifically, it's not just an isolated video, a single video's performance, but actually videos uploaded before this recent piece of content can impact the performance of future uploads. So if, if you have videos that are consistently doing well, that will help kind of build that flywheel effect. Whereas if you have a miss, you know, that upload can actually penalize your performance in the algorithm for future videos. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I want to give a shout out to Jason Duncan, one of my friends here in, in Orange County, Miller Farm Media. He's uh, been a contributor to my blog on YouTube and video marketing, as well as someone that I've interviewed in this podcast. And he was the one that first said, Hey, YouTube first 24 hours, just make sure you, you, you just focus on getting as many views as possible. So mm-hmm. understanding it could be 24, could be 40 to 72 hours, but the strength of your tool and your recommendation is if you can focus on the first 72 hours and how well or not well the content's doing, if it's doing well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You can repeat that. Obviously, if it's not doing well, you need to figure it out because it actually may be negatively impacting the algorithm. That's and right. And so, so is that really like the core focus of your tool then is with every, let's something you posted like a month ago on Twitter, forget about that. You only want to look at that first 72 hours and how it did and what we can learn from that for future content. Yeah, that was probably the first killer feature that we identified is we have to understand this early performance. That's number one. The second piece is automated benchmarking. How do I understand how this video did against that video, this story against that story? Because oftentimes it's a pile of numbers, especially if it's just across multiple platforms. So we wanted to give you better apples to apples comparisons of similar assets, even across different platforms, and then show you in a very clear visual sense, almost so basic to the point that in our interface, it's, you know, green is good and red is bad. There's a little border around pieces of content that are outperforming your median value by, you know, at least 20% or more. And similarly, if there's something that's underperforming your average range, we'll call that out to you. And then you can filter by that. You can say, show me the stuff that's really doing well. What's outperforming my, my standard index? And how can I start to understand why that is? Is it something about the content format, the release strategy, the metadata? How do I lean into that and create more content like that? So you're incrementally improving every time. And conversely, what's not working, which just clearly isn't resonating with the audience. How do we move away from that strategy and focus on what's working? So you're looking at impressions, views, comments, I mean, anything that Engagement. is measurable and then creating a benchmark average. Is that average per content medium, per social network, or just for everything? So we're benchmarking every single metric. So everything you touched on, views, impressions, reach, revenue, CPM, right? Fill rate, like you name it. We've, we've got it, we've benchmarked it. Everything we can pull in the API, we do. And then yes, we're, we're actually, they're local benchmarks. So they're done at the individual account type per platform. So today, if I'm you know posting on my Instagram, I can understand how did this story do against 
all of my historical Instagram story content. You know, how did this YouTube video do against these other YouTube videos with the goal of ultimately working more towards global benchmarks where you could say, how am I doing? You know, if I'm trying to reach males 18 to 34 that are interested in sports or this is sports related content, you know, you're in the 98th percentile, something like that. Do you, so it's funny, James, because back many moons ago, I was also developing my own little social media analytical tool, which never made it to the public. But one of the things that I was putting in that tool that I do with my customers as part of my consulting is an audit. How are you doing Mm -hmm. compared to your competitors? Who are your role models? Let's take a look at their engagement rates, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have that built into your tool as well? Not yet, but it's probably the number one feature we keep getting asked for is those easy kind of competitor uh, analyses. One of the reasons we hadn't built it in the MVP or kind of the version one for launch was number one, Measure Studio, you know, operates in great depth of your owned and operated data. So, you know, we wouldn't have the same level of data available for your competitor accounts. We can do the surface level stuff. You know, here's your follower count comparison. Here's how often you publish versus them. You know, here are the top performing posts and what we can learn about them. So I suspect we'll ship that soon. The other reason we hadn't built it is we're really trying to differentiate from social listening tools and social publishing tools, of which there are a lot of really good solutions out there. And one of the key features, you know, people tend to go to them for is that competitive intelligence or benchmarking. But knowing how important that is, I think it'll find its way into Measure Studio in the near future. So your focus, and I was going to ask you, like, who's your competition? Your focus is really on social content analytics. And so if I'm a user of your tool and I'm reporting back to my client or I'm reporting back to my boss, I'm showing them how we're improving every metric about our content with every iteration is an ideal scenario, correct? That's right. Yeah. Right. And, and people hear, okay, social media analytics or business intelligence, you know, data insights for social media. And you can probably list, you know, a hundred companies that do that. But the way we thought about it and why we tried to be so purpose built, you know, in our intention from the very get go was, you know, a lot of these tools are social listening. They are social publishing. And so analytics tends to be a bit of an afterthought where, you know, they'll pipe in some data and they'll give you some charts here and there but we really wanted to go in depth. We wanted that to be the true focus of the product and the real unique differentiator. And so we don't ask for right permissions at all. We're only asking for read-only data access, which on the one hand helps from a security standpoint, but two is, you know, really just, it speaks to the focus of the application is we are just trying to help you understand your content performance. And, you know, I, I do suspect that we'll, we'll add more things about, you know, the, the competitor audits and analyses in the future. But for now, we really just want to go in depth on showing you what's resonating with what the folks that you're, you're publishing to. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of getting goosebumps because you've, you've really hit, I mean, with, with Paladin as well, the reporting and, and the CRM, but with measure studio, you've hit upon this great need. So I've always talked about how I hate the analytics that most social media dashboards have because they're just showing you what they have. Like mm-hmm. The average retweets per tweet, what does that get me? I mean, for instance, so- Yeah, just repackaging what's already available to you in Twitter. Exactly, exactly. And I've always been in a battle. It's like, hey, you have all this data. Why don't you give me some actionable advice? Which that's not, I mean, that's not the focus of their tool, right? Then you get these, these tools that are quote unquote social media analytics. And because they specialize in showing you the data, they give you a little bit of like ways to customize it and print out beautiful reports and things. And, yeah. and maybe they, they integrate with, and you can create a custom dashboard like with Google sure. Data Studio, Yep. but they're not giving you the insight. So uh-huh. I really love, love, love the fact that, because that's what marketers need. They need 
a little bit, and that's where you can use, and I'm sure use like machine learning and AI to, to help. Big time. That's, that's where they need that help. It's like, hey, have you noticed this? Have you noticed that based on all this data? So I, I think the direction of your tool is bang on. And, and hopefully that yeah. resonates with what you've been doing as well. Yeah, no, we, we, you know, we give you the customizable dashboards. We want you to have all that fun stuff too. But at the end of the day, you need something that goes far and above beyond you know, what is available in Instagram analytics and Twitter analytics and Snapchat analytics. So for instance, on Instagram, there's nothing on a time series. If you log into Instagram analytics right now, it'll show you, here's the lifetime performance for this piece of content. But it's like, okay, well now how do I analyze that against all my other posts? Like, sure, I know what my best piece of content was, but I don't know why. And I don't know, you know how it did in that early window or how to compare it against this other piece of content. I don't know, for instance, when people are dropping off in my stories. That's one of the questions we've tried to answer. We you know, allow you to do a comparison and say, hey, if you publish eight you know, photos or video clips in a single story in a 24 hour period, people are tuning out in story five or six and here's why, right? You're losing their attention. Or same thing with YouTube. People are always trying to kind of figure out when does my content get demonetized or why is the CPM of this video so much lower than this other video? Well, there's something about this piece of content that's just deemed more advertiser friendly by the algorithm. And now you can start to identify those patterns and reverse engineer it so that when you go back to create your next video, you're thinking about that proactively. You're building, you're taking that, the insight and applying that into the content creation strategy. Yeah, James, that, that is awesome. And while you're talking, I figured out a tagline for Measure Studio. Let's it's, hear it. It's the Google Analytics for your social media content. Because yeah. there is, it, that doesn't exist. For your website content, we can go to Google Analytics and there's other platforms, but we can figure out a way, you know, build conversion, what have you. But on yep. social media, it's, it's, it's all over the place and it's limited and there's not much insight. So for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're getting near the end and I'll ask you like where people can go to find out more about uh, Measure uh, Studio. But you, in, in, you know, talking about this episode, you also wanted to talk about how you worked with the Biden-Harrison campaign on their social strategy and what you learned about that. So I'm very curious. And uh, not that this episode is about, or my podcast is not about social media for politics per se. Sure. But obviously some politicians have been very good and some have been very bad about leveraging social media. I'm really curious mm -hmm. as to what role Measure Studio had in the success or maybe the shaping of that content. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's no secret that we live in an era dominated by social media. So whether you're an athlete, a celebrity, a politician, you have to have a presence there now. It's, a, it's an incredible way for a politician to connect with their constituents. And it played more of a role than ever in this recent political cycle largely in, in part due to the coronavirus. The global pandemic has limited the number of in-person events and the, the typical door knocking and other campaign tactics. So, so much of this campaign had to be conducted through digital means. And the Biden campaign was very you know, progressive and, and very forward thinking in their approach to leveraging new platforms, whether that was you know, Twitch and, and using live streaming or working with influencers or you know, going on Fortnite and, and finding ways to reach new and younger audiences. It was exciting for us to get to work with them on their social strategy and help them understand what content's working and how do we improve you know, your message so that you can communicate that, you can you know, get, get the, the key components of your platform out, but also drive voter turnout and all the other kind of key components of, of this election. So that was an incredible opportunity to learn from them about what is important from a political campaign standpoint. How do we reflect that in the tool? And then, you know, they're making split second decisions to keep up with the news cycle and, you know, a really rapidly moving pace of this campaign. So they needed a tool that could be really responsive. And that, you know, that was uh, a big part of our strategy in, in making Measure Studio, instantly benchmarking the constant performance and helping them have that 
that information at their fingertips so they can make those quick decisions. I can see so many use case scenarios just based on what you were talking about there with a political campaign, a launch of a new product, crisis management, just so many where day to day your messaging, if you want to be more effective with it, you might want to tweak it. And you obviously provide the data and the insight to allow them to do that effectively. So that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. It was honestly, it was probably like the coolest thing I've had a chance to work on in my career. And we were a very small part of uh, a much bigger initiative, but it was amazing to be just to be a part of that and to see the success that they achieved for sure. So James, just final advice for the listener. They want to be more effective with their social media content. I'm going to assume that your advice based on everything you're talking about is obviously you don't know until you publish, but look at your data, let the data drive you. Obviously, Measure Studio is going to give you a a better look at your data, but nevertheless, really have a a completely data-driven content strategy. I mean, anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, it's the scientific method at work. I mean, we want creatives to be able to express themselves. We want brand marketers to be able to communicate the awesome things that they're doing and and what their product stands for. But in order to do that, you have to understand how it lands with your audience to enable the the best forms of creativity. You need to blend the art and the science. And that's where Measure Studio comes in. So, you know, benchmark everything have a hypothesis, but then iterate, learn, you know, and continue to experiment to identify what really is making a difference and what matters with the type of content we produce. Awesome. So Measure Studio, is it currently in beta? Is it out for public use? Is it like a- It's out there. It's out in the world. business model so anybody can sign up and- That's right. You can go to measure.studio and take it for a test spin. Anyone can sign up for a free two-week trial, no credit card required. So dive in, play around, see what you think. We'd love to hear your feedback. We have a number of early customers- Group Nine Media, IGN. You know, we we we're working with Phase Clan and, and some other esports teams. So it's it's cool. already out there in the world, and we would love to hear from more people. Also, the pricing is really accessible. It starts at a, a really affordable price point at fifteen dollars a month for an individual creator. There's a wow. business plan for a hundred dollars. There's you know more of a another kind of business plan that's five hundred dollars a month, and then the enterprise tiers scale for those in larger organizations. So we wanted it to be a really effective but also accessible tool for everybody. Very cool. And I'll put that in the, in, in the show notes, uh, measure.studio. Also, you did write a case study of the Joe Biden campaign. So measure.studio slash Joe Biden for president case study with hyphens in between those words. That'll be in the show notes. You don't need to take notes right now. So this has been really, really awesome. Thank you so much, James, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and, and just all the best of luck with Measure Studio. Thanks, Neil. Such a pleasure to be here and uh, great to, to catch up and share more about what we're up to. Well, there you have it. You know, in a similar way, I was talking on my digital first group coaching membership community. We have weekly calls and I was talking about keyword research because someone, one of our members wanted to start a blog. They didn't know where to start. I go, look, the keyword research, you've heard me talk about it here on this podcast. In fact, very recently, episode number 209, I basically give you my process for how to strategically create your library of content one year. This is the library of content, 52 blog posts based on keyword research. And the idea is that the keyword research gives you a direction to go. The compass is pointing north. You wanna go north, right? You wanna blog about these keywords. How you blog about them is going to be completely based on your company or your own unique perspective, your objective, the unique value that you add, unique experiences, you know, whatever it is. And I'd say the same thing for social media because a lot of companies don't really have that strategy and what they're measuring is very ephemeral. 
it, it, it's very sort of at the very top, you have these very, very broad numbers that each of the platforms give you. But when we get into a deeper level using a platform like Measure Studio to what James was talking about, you really begin to get that detailed level that gives you more confidence to say, okay, I just like we're going to blog with intent with a keyword research strategy. We are going to post in social media more with intent with a social content strategy with benchmarks, knowing that with every iteration, we're going to be working towards improving our performance in the social media algorithm. So for a lot of small businesses, just being able to publish on a frequent basis in social media is not easy. But if you want to get to the next level or if you are a larger enterprise using a tool or just using the, the thought process that James talked about, however you want to measure it, is going to be critical to your success and ultimately to maximizing your social influence. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. As always, I'd like to thank all of our global listeners. First of all, I want to thank those of you that have gone out of your way to post a review on the wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, it's been a while since we've had one on Apple Podcasts, so a little bit of a humble request. Reviews really are important to expose this podcast to more listeners. They are part of this algorithm that we talk about in social platforms on platforms like Apple Podcast uh, Review is a social signal. So if you had a minute, I'd really, really, really appreciate it. Let me know. And if I could repay you the favor, just let me know. But in addition to that, that humble request, I also wanted to thank you. I know that we have a lot of international listeners. Uh, I see it on the rankings, you know, people in countries like Portugal and Finland, Croatia, Luxembourg, Belarus, Moldova. I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for listening and really helping to rank this podcast in, in marketing quite high, actually, in some countries. So thank you for that. And finally, if you would like help with your social media content strategy, I do have a fractional CMO service, but I'm really enjoying the students or I should say the community members in my digital first group coaching membership community. It's part mastermind community, part mentorship, part group coaching. If you would like at a very, very small price to be able to get access to me on a weekly basis, and I think more importantly, access to an amazing community of doers, you'll want to check that out. neilshafer.com slash membership. We'll also have the link in the show notes. And that is it for another episode of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Wherever you are in the world, make it a great virtual, although it's opening up, but we're still going to go virtual for a while social day. Bye-bye, everybody, and sayonara.